on the tee, Jack Nicklaus. This is the minute the millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory. Hey guys, welcome to another episode of the Bogeyman Golf Podcast hosted by Dave and Johnny. It is the Monday after the first major in 13 months. This year in a classic fashion of being completely backwards, the last major of the golfing season is actually the first major of this year's golfing season. Um, and it was it, it did not disappoint. Before we get onto that, Dave, how was how's your own golf been? Uh busy, very busy. Um oh, yeah? Yeah, we've had a lot on. Um so we had been decamped up north for a while, but I'm back in Dublin. We had Barton Cup for St. Anne's and Senior Cup with the club. Uh, we are out again in the Senior Cup on Thursday night. Um, we're playing Royal Dublin, so it's kind of all coming to a, to a head. There's a lot of guys now who are kind of gearing up amateur-wise. The Mullingar Scratch Cup is this weekend. Mm-hmm. The cut line for that, for all mere mortals out there, was plus 1.2, I believe. So... Unless you're that level, you're you're not getting a game in any serious amateur golf at the moment. So, so yeah, so senior cup against Royal Dublin on Thursday evening. So hopefully the weather stays good. But um, you've had a bit of a chop in the last yeah, while, haven't you? I have. Yeah, I went down from nine point three down to temporarily went down to eight point nine, but I'm back. Got another, got a point one there. Oh. Um, back to nine flat, but the going the right way. Point one. Um, I played a I played a fun round with some mates there uh, yesterday in the in the lovely sun had um had a really nice front nine. I had two scratches and four birdies. Two scratches and four birdies. Yeah, so I went. That's oh god. I went. That's par par. A five for one. Um, birdie, scratch, birdie, par birdie birdie par how do you remember this i i had i uh, you've that, that that's just an ability i don't have but um so i can tell you, I, could, I can walk you through the like, <laughs> like it's only yesterday it'd be a long podcast <laughs> yeah. um so i tried well, to i tried to talk megan through the shots last night she's having none of it she's like whatever okay what's, yeah. a, what's a birdie again yeah <laughs> what um so that's down from since we've started the podcast I've just, gone from three to two. You've gone from ten to nine. No, still, still nine. Nine point three still is nine. to okay, nine. But gone, we're both on the right way. Yeah, definitely. Good, good. Yeah. So yeah, a lot of the courses are busy, aren't they? Actually, they are. trying to get on timesheets for competitions is tough work at the moment. It is tough. It is tough. Actually, I'm heading out your way again now on the twenty seventh, twenty eighth. Um, a, a good friend of mine, Connor, is doing a bit of a tour around Ireland, so we're playing. Merva on the twenty, so, so we're playing Narn and Port New on the twenty seventh of August. Uh, of course, I've never played place. before. Incredible. I've heard it's unbelievable. I was there last Tuesday. It has a stretch that I I know everyone speaks for it. The how spectacular the likes of Old Head are now. It's probably not 
not not what all the head level is, but um, there's six holes that are just incredible and it like unforgettable. They'll be they'll be in the list of your your top holes that you've ever seen. Um, so I yeah, I I fully that. I fully believe that the two courses we're playing on this trip will jump straight up to my two favorite courses in Ireland after this trip. <laughs> yeah, Merv is playing tough at the moment, so yeah. keep it straight. It's the rough is hairy, hairy. It's it's tough going. Um, different, d- two very different links experiences you're going to have there. You're going to have the kind of rolling dunes of one, and then a much, I suppose, more um, spectacular version in Narn. Um, I, I think it's probably fair to say. But you're going. You're going to like Merva too. It's um, it's 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 coming. It's coming right. The greens are looking really good too. That's great. I'm looking forward to that. I'm actually kind of counting down the days to that. Playing Mount Juliet next weekend, um, this Sunday. So it'll be nice just to get the last bit of parkland into me before I. Before you hit the road <laughs> and start hit the road. firm yeah. firm ground. Um, yeah, some good golf between the two of us. So you've Roy- you've Mount Juliet, Narn, and Merva. I've Royal Dublin and St Dan's. Yeah, so all good. We're not doing it. too bad, Johnny. We're not yeah. doing too bad. It. Um, so, PGA, PGA Championships. Uh, how how many days did you watch? I watched. I watched Thursday, Miss Friday, uh, Saturday, Sunday. I watched all of it. Yeah, I was hooked. Really, first time I've done that in a while. Um, I was home alone, so uh, no fighting for the remote. So That's it nice. was, yeah, just left it on. I even had it on kind of in the background, finishing up with a bit of work. And so I was able to see pretty much everything and it did not disappoint. If it was the only major we got to play this year, it would have been hell of a one. Yeah, I thought I thought it was really good. Even from, from the outset, it looked like it was playing difficult. You, got, you hear a lot of hype and build up and lead up to the PGA, especially with the fact that it was in Harding Park and, there was a whole hype around it and Muni and I know um, No Lane Up had done a tour of sauce out there and there Anders Lang had did it try to break 90 and both of them spoke about how how tough the rough was playing and then the build up this week to the event everyone was talking about how how tough the rough is going to be so everyone's like it's going to be a bomber's paradise now we know in, in hindsight not the case but not the case. bombers got off to a good start well, bombers are in the like scattered throughout the top ten that finished. So to, to for to like bomber number one was Bryson. So he's just hitting it so hard. He, his poor old driver gave up the ghost. <laughs> if anyone saw it, he swung at it, hit a ball, and then went to lean down to pick up his tee, and the poor the driver snapped it too. So, um, but apart from that, he came out. He went out pretty hard. Um, was looking looking very very good. Um, he handled own, the yeah he handled, he handled it well didn't he well, I thought yeah he was good um because I, I texted you I, t- cause yeah, I texted text me yeah because uh, I obviously didn't see it because they didn't they didn't show it, it, it live uh, and I think everyone's because I had a few texts as well everyone's like he did it out of anger and you you were you were you were honest straight away you were like nah you just bent over and snapped nah no nah, it's just I saw where the head was broken in the club. Right and I was like, yeah, it was right, right, right at the intersection of the head and the, the shaft of the club. And I was like, no, nah, no, nah, that's that's not where you break it unless he slammed it onto the ground, at which the cameras would have picked it up. And he certainly didn't smash it over his knee a la Shane Lowry with his poor old five iron. 
But um, uh, yeah, it's funny we say that. You said it to me. It was like Bryson definitely snapped it because he got angry. And here is poor old Shane whacking one out of the rough. Losing five iron or six iron is no more. So, um, but yeah, no, he handled it well. It was very, it was funny. He was yes. very funny. The, the, I suppose the, that's the difference now without having, um, with with Bryson coming under such close scrutiny is that you got the whole conversation with his obviously manager to run to the car to get yeah. the shaft, and here he is putting it together, walking up the fairway, and you're like, oh, this is all weird. Paul McGinley broke the ruling down so well on Sky Sports, I thought. Yeah, that if you don't break it in, in anger, yeah. if you don't break it in anger, basically you're allowed to you're allowed to change it. That actually wasn't a rule up to last year. Yeah, recent rule. So yep. So should you should anyone do that? Know that you can replace it if you happen to have yeah, yeah, a spare yeah. driver in your in your car in the car Because he kept the head with him, so he just wanted the new shaft. So yeah, no, I don't was... know how many five and a half degree drivers Cobra make, but I'm sure. Pretty- I'm sure he's gone through them. Like yeah. the way he, the way he hits them, I'd say cracking faces of those those um those drivers on the regular. I would have thought, or certainly there's a. There's, I wonder is there like a staleness that happens? Is that like all of a sudden there's not as much pop off his driver head as usual because he's just hitting it so. Yeah, hard. I wouldn't say it's the first shaft he's broken either. Nah, just from the just from the sheer force. Intentionally or unintentionally, I'd say he's snapped a few in his time. Yeah. As well. yeah. Um. Speaking of Shane, probably not a good week for the Irish. You would have thought. Uh, uh, no, uh, started good. Started looked looked really promising. To be yeah. honest, I was like, got off to a real solid start. I was thinking, mm, this this could be this could be a bit of him now. Drives it well normally. Um, really good short game, which we saw come to the fore with a lot of fellas. Yep. Yeah, at the end, I was thinking, oh, like if he can, he'll put himself in rough around the greens but he's got a good short game to get around and yeah just stalled out a bit and then was kind of battling to make the cut and you're like ruled him ruled himself out pretty pretty quickly got very frustrated with himself by the looks of it with his driver actually oddly enough yeah. i think what we saw of him snapping the globe was pure frustration from sticking having another kind of six iron seven iron out of absolute cabbage and eventually just oh just cracked him Sayonara to his six iron. Yeah, and your Graham McDowell missing the weekend entirely. He missed the weekend, yeah. Rory then stalled out completely, yeah. Yeah, Rory being Rory of late, I, I would love to have a private conversation with him as to what's going on between pre-lockdown and post-lockdown. Something, yeah, something seems like, not right. There's a yeah, bit of a fire gone or something, isn't there? I, I don't know, he just doesn't seem bothered if he, like... His comments saying that he doesn't think he maybe he's just not good enough anymore were really weird, very strange to come out and say, "Listen, maybe the the guys have just passed me." Like he's thirty one, he's in, he's he's not even close. He's probably just at his prime now in terms of mm. that nice balance between experience, bit of youth, still been kind of able to get a kick up the the backside from the young lads coming through, but challenging with DJ and Tiger and Jason Day and Paul Casey and mm. those guys showing them that they can, you can perform right through to, till you're 45. Um, yeah. And for him to say that, like, that's just ridiculous. Like he's, he's absolutely good enough. Like that, it's, yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It's, it seemed, it seemed really conciliatory to me. Like he's just like, now at the end of the day, it's a, 
it's a post-round interview after 72, what I'm sure were really tough holes. So he probably just fed up and tired and was like, you know, maybe not good enough. And he just gave, yeah. Brian, he just gave Brian Keogh the line and, and let, let the guys run with it. Fine. This is another classic Rory will climb down from, uh, yeah. Rory climbs down from another comment 10 days after he says it or five days after he says it. Wait, you see, he'll come back. He'll be like, yeah, sorry. I was just a bit dejected. But, Herein lies the beauty of Rory as well, is that he'll tell you exactly what he's thinking at that very moment in time. He always does. So as you said, this is 72 holes, getting the shit kicked out of him. And he feels a bit sorry for himself. And he said, I feel sorry for myself. Like the way in St. Andrews last year, he said, St. Andrews set up a bit too easy for this crack. It's not like Europe or it's not like America. Um, at the same I'm, time, I, he hasn't yeah. fallen off a cliff now. He's gone from world number one to world number three. So, like, <laughs> yeah. Like, he's also, we, but now in fairness, he's also gone from average, from never been outside the top five to kind of battling in mid-table mediocrity, and that's just not where he wants to be. And, and fair enough, like, I'd like to see him get frustrated with that, but I'd kind of, I wouldn't like him to see him be as bullish as Brooks in terms of, I'm just going to get and smash things and get it right. I'd like to see him say, no, no, I'm going to come back, work really hard at this. This is where my schedule is. This is what I'm going to do about it. Mm. And I'd like to see him say something like that and be just a bit more positive, just for himself, really, to be honest, because it's just a bit disheartening to see. Yeah. I, I don't think he's like Brooks in that way. Like, So I remember when he beat Brooks uh, to win the Tour Championship, um, he, was, he was silent until he beat Brooks by saying, Oh no! I wanted to get one back over him after he he did me in Memphis. So he's like he's silent in that way. But I also think he probably will go away and work a bit because Shane in his post round interview said that he's tired. He's going to play Wyndham now next week. But he's going to take a couple of days break until Tuesday afternoon. Yeah, like there, um, was, no, there was no mention of taking a break from Rory. He said he has got six events left in this season. Just three of the two of those are majors. So there's four regular season events that he's going to play. And you know that he's going to try and like he he wants to win one event out of those six. Yeah, and the the only kind of positive or kind of aggressive or anything like that thing he said all week was to stand up for DJ when Brooks had a, a swipe at him about only winning one major. That was the only kind of thing that irked him. And I was like, if that's the only thing that irked you, and you felt like you had to comment on that, right? God, yeah, I like. He must be a little bit dejected. Rory did give a nice little jab back to Brooks when he was talking it was about brilliant the PGA. Oh, yeah, it was a jab straight yeah. in the nose. And then look what three, happens to Brooks. Three more. Yeah, and then look, look what happened to Brooks. It's like, so for anyone who doesn't know, Brooks Kepke had a, a nice jab at um, Dustin Johnson in, in, in press, basically saying that he'd only won one major effectively and completely negating the fact that he's won 20, over 20 times on tour and, Brooks has won only seven, a point which Rory McIlroy was very keen to point out uh, in his own press conference. But um, speaking of Brooks, then that was I did see a comment. It was the first time that he his mouth his mouth wrote a check that his uh, his golf cut in cash, and he uh, he's terrible, terrible last round, which isn't like him at all. But what I will say, he came across really good on coverage because Paul Casey was in contention really looking like he was gearing towards his first major and Brooks actually looked like he was 
really helping him converse, chatted to him. The two guys looked like they were having a great time. So Kept fair play to him. Yeah, having a really bad day himself after running his mouth, knowing probably what was to come from the press and was still um, quite magnanimous and looked like he was um, all, all smiles and keep doing, doing the right thing for his... Um, for his playing partner, so yeah, so he can do, he can take it, so he doesn't, he doesn't mind. He probably yeah. will come out and say he's going to win pretty soon, anyway. Yeah, go talking about the last day and Paul Casey. There was a point where during that where I was like, "What year is it?" <laughs> you had Paul Casey in contention, you had Jason Day. You're just like, "This is great. This is like the kind of golf that I grew up watching, seeing those guys." And obviously, you know, Jason Day isn't isn't that much older, and Paul Casey's only in his forties, but like when they were were at their prime, watching them, I was like, "This is this is fantastic." I love seeing them again. Yeah, it was. Um, I I think we we were saying before that it was there was a top ten where at one stage where or no was, sorry there was seventeen people within two shots of the lead at one point on the last day, so it's going to take someone special. And I don't think of any of those guys that were there. You had every kind of a story. Yeah, that was possible. Like I'd say the the media writers were like, "We have got twenty different scripts. We need to we, we need to get ready here because we've got so Scotty Sheffler, yes, like Scotty Sheffler, Colin Morikawa, twenty three and twenty four, just out of just out of college. Basically, you've got Matthew Wolf, the same DJ, trying to get past his one major duck. Mm. Well, his uh, his one major that he's got, and should have had a few more. Paul Casey trying to break his duck to get one on the board. Um, Bryson and does this game that he has, does it win majors? Jason Day has come back from troubles physically with his back and vertigo. And like, oh, it was just like, there's too many stories. Was, and, and they all seem like really good guys. So, um, yeah, didn't know who to root for, to be honest. Oh, Tony Fina. Stood up to the stood up to the task on the last round of major as well. Like shot six. We didn't really. Well, he shot a sixty-seven, didn't he? He, he didn't shot a silver. It. I'm only teasing. He shot. Yeah, only... give him a break. Like, he gets so much he, for, yeah, he, he gets so much acid for throwing away tournaments, but he did not throw away that. He did everything he could. Like, um, Colin Morikawa also did shoot six under to win, so it's not like he like hobbled across the line <laughs> like. He shot, he had 129 strokes for the last two rounds yeah. of a major, the lowest ever. Yeah, it's the lowest PGA championship we can score. That's mental. Yeah, second in. But I thought 29, 29 professional tournaments, three wins. One missed. Oh, yeah, that's like 10, 10% win rate on yeah. in that tour. That's mental. Um, our, our good friend Robert, Robert McIntyre shouting to him on Monday, the Monday of. Um, he was seen very excited for it. He had a an up and down week. He made the weekend, which is great. Um, yeah. and then he had a, a positive, positive final day, one under to finish, plus three tied for sixty six. But for a second major, his first over in the states, first proper trip over to America as well. Yep, that's not bad. That's going. that's not bad. That's going a good stage. He's back yeah. back in Scotland now again, so I think he's going to get me on the sh- be battling on the shinty pitches by. By Tuesday. Oh yeah, training's on Tuesday, isn't it? Yeah, Tuesday. Sh- Shinty training is on Tuesday, so he'll be back swinging sticks there now. Hmm. Um, yesterday felt like a kind of a 
you disagreed with me on this, but it felt like a changing of the guard a little bit because it was almost so having Jason Day and, and Paul Casey in there was almost like a, a final nod of this is our generation handing over the reins, but we're not going without a fight. Like Paul Casey's had 62 PGA Tour starts with no major wins. He's 62 second. majors, majors, 62 major starts or 62 PGA. Starts. Yeah. Major starts. Uh, he's second only to Lee Westwood. And, and I, sorry, third, third after Monty. So Monty. I, th- I think there's there. Ian Poulter's in there as well. And Luke I don't Donald. think he's that many though. Yeah, I think I, I thought I saw a, a stat flash up on the screen yesterday that they're all, the, they're all in the they're all in the sixties. I think, but yeah, you said that it was a change in the guard. I was like, uh, I'm more of a. There's a lot of fight in the old lads yet, to be honest. Um, Paul Casey's probably Paul Casey like never really been injured. Swing re swings it really solid. He's like a squat strong guy. He'll be around. I can't see him disappearing um casey yeah so i i can see i can see how you think him like the change of the guy but like no no there's still a few of the older guys there that might, that like might I said, like he'll, he'll still compete on like the uh regular tour season events but i don't i don't i don't see him stepping up to it anymore when it comes to majors mm. just because of the quality of the uh, the quality of the people of the young guys but yeah. um yeah it's definitely definitely like a passing the guard i think the so then the, the i suppose the, the 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 guard is now led by matthew wolf colin Morikawa, and frankly like colin Morikawa's play like and, and this is what we had a chat about in terms of yeah, you you mentioned at the top of this that it was oh this is gonna be a bomber's course. Like you read out stats to me before, he was averaged two ninety or just over two ninety off the tee, hundred and tenth, but was strokes gained was all around approach play and on the greens. But I just thought it was so it was unbelievable how he won. Like the one bad shot he hit, he has the game to to the, the short game to make up for it, um, yep. like a nice, as you said, like it's it's a very it was a very straightforward chip, and he, they were he was probably looking at that going, this is this is a serious chance here, but then his shot he hit in sixteen, like where a lot of guys and a lot of those bombers that you're talking about, it was this like big high rake in three wood over the top of a tree, hoping that it would come down soft, and then he just like steps up with his driver, grips down a half an inch, and then hits this kind of gorgeous slider from left to right and i was just going brooks doesn't have that shot dj doesn't have that shot rory doesn't have that shot with his driver um i was like this guy is like he has he, and, and to do it when he did like the like and you have to take the risk into that the, the chance of double crossing that like in instead mm. of it like going sliding from left to right that you could just go really fast left and out of bounds and and when he did it, and then and then he just closed it out, like that. That was par. That was birdie eagle, from two positions that he was probably facing par birdie normally, and that, and that's what that was. That was ultimately what the difference was. But it was going to take something like that. It was so closely bunched, and it the field kind of stagnated at that ten under eleven under mark, and then he just like jumped out to thirteen under, and then it's like grand, hit two gorgeous shots to. 
to to finish out. And I think what I really like about how close that was and how bunched that top seven team were or so was that there were moments where you're like, this is huge. This changes this changes the whole shape of the top top five, top ten for this event. One of them was well, basically every time Jason Day was in a bunker. And then he managed to get up and down to save par. I think there were like four holes in a row. Mm-hmm. And you're like, this is so dramatic. <laughs> and, and they were all given out about the bunkers as well, saying that they were quite shallow in terms of the amount of sand yep. in them. So like he was playing them in a really distinct way, like this really quick choppy kind of a, a swing. And it was just coming out with a load of side spin. And he was just controlling it. Unbelievable. You're like, oh my God, that short game is a it was joke. It wasn't it? Yeah, like, it was a you joke. See, like. You see guys knife like guys were knifing the ball over greens. Mm-hmm. So like that really gives you an appreciation of how of how good he was out of it, especially on the on the final day. But I, I remember on a, I think it was the Thursday, when pretty early on in the week, one of the commentators was saying that the head greenskeeper for Harding Park, they were expecting him to come out and like have like a a, a US open moment where like he says, Oh yeah, I got the bunkers wrong. But surely now after the event, you can turn around to Jason Day and be like, that's how you play the bunkers. That's how you play that. That's it. Like, like I, yeah, I yeah that, that, it's, it's not, this, this, is the, this is the way the bunkers sit in here, no more than if you're playing a links course and it's a different type of sand. That has a particular type of sand that doesn't settle or settles very well with not mm-hmm. much staying fluffy. It's like, <laughs> like if he can do it and that, yeah. was, that was ridiculous. That was such a stupid comment saying, I remember hearing that saying, oh, the that the greenkeeper will be in trouble or whatever he'd have a case to answer it's like no he doesn't have a case to answer for some places don't even rake bunkers because it's considered a hazard like don't like do you know what the best way to hit a bunker shot is just don't hit it in the bunker (laughs) (laughs) that's the best place that's the best way to play out of a bunker is not to play out so like there you go the lads were hitting them in short and they were all given out when they were short-siding themselves in bunkers so not only were they hitting them in the spots they were hitting them in bad spots anyway so you said that about dj on on 16 yeah. like bad bad miss cost him like hit it short-sided on a bunker in the bunker and he was his bunker play was actually terrible on the day now yeah. that there's a reason for that like he's really shallow in terms of how he delivers it, like slides the ball under rather than chopping down on it. He probably just it's like, did you not practice this? Like, Yeah. And that, that's the, that's the tricky thing with shallow bunkers like that with, like with less sanders, if you come in shallow, you're just going to knife it. Yeah. Yeah. This goes that's into, that's what the, what would normally help you in a bunker, which yeah. is the bounce of the back edge of your, of your sand wedge is actually the worst thing you could have here almost. And you play with a slightly closed face and hit it real hard and just do what Jason Day does. Should have just all watched him. Surely he was practicing at the same time or warming up with the lads and they saw, oh, that's how you do this. Yeah. What'd you make of that Houtong Lee situation? Just like how how much you the situation. Off. Sorry? Or the, sorry, yeah, the practice, practice situation. So, I mean, like he, he fell off because everyone else has outperformed. That's all that was. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but, uh, like, kind of. What did you finish that eight under in the end? Eight under, yeah. So not many, yeah, like, by any means. But like, everyone was like, up this fuss about how he spent like hours afterwards practicing. You're like, well, you know, it's his job. Yeah, he's a he's a noted like range rat. Like he he loves it. Like he mm-hmm. he's been noted to do his ten hour days and everything. 
Like we weren't saying this about Porrick Arrington when Porrick Arrington was the last man on the range or Vijay Singh. These are all guys that are noted for staying out hitting hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of balls. It's like, I saw that footage and I couldn't believe McGinley on coverage saying, oh, he'll learn and this is the bad thing to do. It was like, and he kept on harping on about it. And I was like, this is yeah. like each to their own. Like some guys love it. Some guys don't want to be anywhere else. So he like, finished, he finished six under, tied 17th. And he, um, so he shot one under round on, in round four, but that's because he doubles 18. So like an unbelievable <laughs> finish to, uh, uh, like the, I I was really disappointed with McGinley's coverage. I thought everything was negative. I thought no one was going to win it. Like he would like I no, sorry. I could tell you he Tiger wasn't going to win it. How Chang Lee wasn't Tiger wasn't going to win it because it was too cold, uh, and he didn't have enough match practice. How Chang Lee wasn't going to win it because he practices golf too much at a golf tournament when he's playing golf against other golfers, which was interesting. Um, not sure where the logic is there, pal. Um. And then when he was asked who was going to win it, he just named out the top 17. Yeah. Like, well, that was incredibly insightful. But my point being is that we weren't getting any kind of behind the scenes or what felt like uh, a kind of an educated analyst's view on it. Um, the, the funniest thing that happened on comms all week was apparently in the US where Phil Nicholson stitched Nick Fallow up. Yeah, um, so which was. Funny. Which, which we won't repeat here. We just tell people to go to your social media channels and find it. Um, I, I thought it was great. Yeah, which is apparent. I saw, I saw some of it and it was absolutely hilarious and, and very insightful, which is kind of what you want from the analyst's perspective. Yeah. Um, not that, like, everything is negative and everyone's bad and everyone's going to throw it away until someone does some, any, any, anything really special. I'm not going to big it up. In fact, actually, that was the only downside of this guy coverage i felt what I thought, it, I thought it was i thought the comments were excellent I thought it's it flowed yeah. quite well i thought doherty and uh were very good uh, they're very good and what brought it to light was or as well as how much i'm loving american golf without the fans was the fact that there was about 10 fans at the back of the 13 tee box yeah who kept on screaming and i was like god thank god they're not there all the time anymore it's actually great not having fans. It's, I think it's. I think it's fantastic. Hmm. Um. I guess we'll, we'll finish up on. I was very impressed by Scotty Scheffler, but the young guys as a whole really, really impressed me. I think the next six events of the season, or the next eight or so, next two majors anyway, are going to be very, very interesting. I think. The PGA have set up a very good example for how the US Open can go about it. Because I know obviously that the US Open gets a lot of stick for they like aim to play for a winning score to be even. But I thought that this was a really good event with, you know, 13 unders not taking up the course apart for these guys. That's an average of what, three or four under around. Mm-hmm. That's, that's not destroying it by any stretch. No. Um <clears throat> And they don't really get to that level unless it's a real kind of soft kind of bombers course. That doesn't really happen as much. So hopefully that that's going to happen. But I was just looking like the age of the, some of these guys coming through, like like Justin Thomas World number one is twenty seven, which feels old in that group now. Like John Ram, twenty four, twenty five, Morikawa, twenty three, Wolf, twenty one. No, like. 
God, mind boggles, doesn't it? Scotty Sheffer really stood out. But he's 23 as well. Scotty yeah. Sheffer, isn't he? 23, 24. Yeah. But he was pretty cool. Like his, he's just like, he lashes it. Like he just gives it a good old rip all the time. His feet are all over the place. Like he's dancing and he's got a serious bit of game on him as well. He actually, it, which major was it that they, he finished top amateur? He actually, did he beat Morikawa, the top amateur, quite recently in a major as well? The last one that they would have played as amateurs, but yeah, like he's he's got serious game. Wow, that's good. Over in the European tour, then I guess real quick, we just touch upon mm. uh, the English Championship and how the Irish fared in that. So Johnny Caldwell and Paul Dunn missed the cut, unfortunately. They both shot even par rounds between Friday, th- went between Thursday and Friday. Quinn McSharvin though had a pretty good week. He finished. Uh, tied for 19th, tied 19th at 13 under, so he was nowhere near winning, unfortunately. Andy Sullivan, after Friday, under. ran away with it, she won it by seven <laughs> strokes. Um, I watched his highlights back from, from his final round, and like two or three times, he hit his approach shot, it hit the face of the bunker, and bounced onto the green. <laughs> And, and, and like one of them was not drivable par four. So he had a little tap in eagle putt, which I thought was very, I saw obviously very lucky, but he, he had run away with it by Friday. Uh, yeah. Very, I very was impressive for Andy Sullivan. Very, yeah, it was very, uh, like, uh, again, coverage was excellent. Um, again, Sky Team are really good there. Actually, that they have in fairness on the ground. Um, I really like John Morgan's. Um, he was good. On course commentary. Yeah, very good. Hell of a player, that guy himself. I play a caddied in a group that played with him in Glasson in the challenge in a challenge tour event. Mm. I don't know if people remember he used to wear his hat backwards and be a bit of a lunatic, but my God, he's got serious game. Um, but he's very good as well. But I watched a lot of that and that was played in conditions that were just like alien to us in Europe. Like mm. 35 degrees two days, 30 degrees for the rest course got baked out to a level where lads were just hitting kind of nearly 400 yard drives at times it was just crazy and Andy Sullivan just like 27 under par we're just talking about like, that is absolutely insane golf like crazy stuff um I I actually you know just looking down to the top 10 there uh there's Rasmus Hoygaard who's yeah. guy. he's a twin I believe as well isn't he or he's a brother who's actually on tour, but he's only enjoy. he's only nineteen. Yeah. Um and he is gonna be he is gonna be amazing. Um already so, has a European tour win. Tour win, yeah. At that at that age is just nuts. Um friend of the pod, Ryan Fox, another top twenty for him. So yeah. he's um tipping away at a casual thirteen under and finishes nearly outside the top twenty. <laughs> gives you it's oh God. That's just incredible, the level that's required nowadays, isn't it? Yeah. But yeah, like um, from my Irish point of view, good, pretty good week for Cormac. Yeah, um, yeah. So hopefully now over the next few weeks, you can, yeah. you can build on that. And I know that like Paul Dunn and Johnny Caldor are out there as well, doing this as much of that six-week stretch as they can. So this is the third week of that. So they're at the midpoint. So hopefully now that block goes well for them. Yeah, no, that it will be great for them to kind of to I I'm, I'm can't wait for like Paul Dunn to, to really start getting into stride. I think this 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 gap is gonna be really good. But um yeah, fingers crossed that that the Irish guys start to get a start to get a few um 
Gotta get a few numbers on the board. Where are we next with uh, European Tour? Uh, the PGA, there. Sorry, the European Tour and Celtic Manor for two weeks now, I believe. Yeah. So we have what the Celtic Classic next, and the Wales Open, and the Wales Open, and then they go into a. I think there's a couple. Of, there's a couple more tournaments in the UK. Is there's there's one more after that in the UK Championship, and then they're down into Spain, Portugal, for a good swing down there. Um, yeah, September so, they go to Spain for the Andalusia Masters, then the Portugal Masters, um, then the Portugal Open, and then 17th of, of September is the US Open, winged foot. Yeah, loads of golf to look forward to. That's behind yeah. closed doors as well, but that's going to be that's that, that's going to come around so soon. Um, yeah, just over just over a month away. So, um, that's we'll, we'll we'll definitely be discussing that one. Lovely stuff. Uh, we've got a, a very good guest on now on Thursday. We've got Malky Clerken, who is our first contributor to this Game Changers series that we're running. Um, basically, off the back of all this Bryson hype, I've said a few times, I want to look back and talk to a few wise heads about other people within the game of golf who have, who have changed the game and there's no better place really to start than Tiger Woods. He'll be the first and then that'll be a series that will run for well as long as we can, really. Um, I want to, I want to try and talk to a few people who can talk to us about like course architecture. Maybe someone to get on talk to us about Arnold Palmer, or Jack Nicklaus. So I'll try and maybe get Tom Coyne on to talk to us about like old Tom Morris or Astor McKenzie. Talk talk to us about about that side of it. See what we can do. Yeah, listen. Um, thanks very much, guys, for listening, and we will see you in the next one. On the tee, Jack Nicklaus. This is the minute. The millions around the world have waited for. We will allow you to enjoy all of this. They are dancing in the pubs of Dublin. Harrington with an ace. And we have a shining star at sunset. Rory continues his run to greatness. The return to glory.